0: Come on, let's lift him up today, exalt his name, exalt his name, lift him up, lift him up, lift him up. He's worthy, he's worthy, he's my healer, my salvation. Oh, yes, He is. Come on, I think we ought to exalt Him. Just a few more minutes. Because there is healing in this house. There is deliverance in this house. Make no mistake about it. Do not question it. God is in this place. He has shown up to heal. He has shown up to work miracles, to do signs and wonders in this place. He is going to open eyes and unstop ears. Lame will walk death will hear he has come to raise the dead to life in this place come on there's some dreams that have died there's some visions that have died but my God is able and he has come to breathe life into this house He has come to breathe upon this place his mighty and glorious spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So every chain will fall. Every chain will fall this morning. Every bond will break every prison door will open so it comes down to this who's going to walk out into the liberty whereby we are made free because he has come to set us free in this house today he's come to set us free he's come to set us free he's come to set us free free. we walk out of here today with anything but absolute liberty. It's our choice to stay where we were. Because I've promised you today, the Holy Ghost empowers you right now. There's enough of God in this place and upon you. It's not about what you feel, but it is about His Word. And His Word says you're healed, His Word says you are free, His Word says you are liberated. And so now you've got to act upon what the Word of God says. You're healed. I don't feel healed. But receive it, accept it, and let God do it in the name of Jesus right now. I wish everybody with a troubled mind would just begin to receive deliverance in your thoughts right now. Come on, come on, come on. I rebuke depression. I come against despair. I come against despondency. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. If you got a problem in your body, begin to claim it in the name of Jesus right now. In the name of the Lord. Say, I still feel the pain but the pain does not negate His Word. I still feel the symptom, but the symptom does not negate the promise. Which are you going to believe, the symptom or the Word? You're going to believe the pain or the promise, but you got to choose. (laughs) I can't do it for you. Your pastor can't do it for you. Even God can't do it for you. But if you will step out on the Word and say, I'm healed, Ah! <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. Malachi chapter 4 verse 2. My God in heaven. Holy Ghost bomb has gone off in this place today. The presence of the Lord is here today. <laughs> ah. Jesus. Ha. Ah. He's here. His glory is here. He has come to do something amazing. I want to add my words to those quickly, saying thank you for the privilege of being here, not just in this house, but in your marriage seminar this week. We were blessed. Amen. And to meet so many new faces, wow, what God is doing in this house. Oh, my word, do you see that? Do you see what God's doing? Oh, my goodness. He's a good God. Doing great things in this place right here. Lives are being changed. Lives are being healed. We get to be a part of it. Wow. Malachi 4 and 2 says, But unto you that fear my name, shall the son of righteousness arise. We're not serving a God of down. He's not cast down, he's not thrown down, he's not discouraged and down, but he's up high, lifted up, and today the Bible says he will arise. Mm. You know what that means? from one place to another, he will arise. He's continually climbing, he's taking us with us. You may have come in down, but you don't have to stay down. It's all right to admit, there's times we wake up, it ain't good, life is hard, we may be down, but David said, I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm not gonna stay where I was, but I'm gonna come up to where I belong. Somebody today is gonna come to a place where you belong the enemies tried to pull you down the enemies tried to yank you down friends and family have tried to get you down but you're going to come up today you're going to walk out of here different than you walked in for the bible says the son of righteousness shall arise with healing told you God come to do something big today in this house. He's put healing in his wings. Would you lift your hands right now and lift your voices with a shout of triumph and exalt him right now with the lips. Come on, come on, come on. God, I magnify your name. I exalt you right now. I lift you up. I make your praises glorious in this house. Oh God, you may be seated. I love what we were singing today, that song, a miracle can happen, a miracle can happen. That is the song that was playing on the radio, brother, uh, uh, Sister Jordan, when we were uh, traveling across the north side of Indianapolis back toward the hospital where my son was lying in bed where the doctor said he was a miracle to be alive and that he would most likely not live normal after his illness. We were making our way back to the hospital after a, a slight break, and uh, to take up our vigil in the parking lot. And as we traveled across 86th Street, I, I was telling my wife, "It doesn't make sense what the doctors are saying and what his numbers are doing. Something's wrong. There's there's something incongruous here, and 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 it just doesn't all add up." And this song was playing. That song was playing over our radio. And and, and and as I was listening to the words, I'm not the brightest bulb in the box. It made me understand, hang on, I know why there is a discrepancy between what's going on and what the doctors are saying. I said, Chris, he is being healed right now. He's being healed right now. I said, He's received his healing. And 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 that's, that's why it's not adding up. And we pulled into the parking lot of the hospital just a moment later, and as we did, we pulled him up on the screen of FaceTime, and he said, look at me, mom and dad. They've taken the tubes, they've taken the machinery off, they've taken, he said, I'm breathing on my own. They can't explain it but look at me look at me look at me it was about that time the Jordans called and said how you doing we were planning funerals we were getting ready for a death and I said I can't explain it but my boy is healed they said we're going to be there in a minute they drove down and we had church in the hospital parking lot and that young man is beating the drums to death today as well as he could be I've come to tell you there is a Miracle in this place today. There is healing in this house, and I refuse to let doubt, amen, hinder it. I refuse to allow discouragement to get in the way. An old, old, old song we've used to sing says, Standing on the promises. <laughs> I cannot fall listening every moment to the Spirit's call, resting in my Savior as my all in all. I am standing on the promises of God. I've come to remind somebody you have a promise. (laughs) I've come to tell you your promise is not buried in pain. Your promise is not buried under the avalanche of futility. Your promise is not buried today under the pile of your problems. But your, problem, your promise is alive, it is well, and it is rising up in this house. Amen. I ask you today, when we are in pain and distress, when we are overwhelmed, do the promises of God, do they bring us hope yet? Even John the Baptist, of whom it was said, by the Lord himself, that there was none greater. Ask, are you really the one? He could boldly proclaim in the wilderness when he was looking forward to the promise that was to come. But when it was at the verge of reality in his life, there was something in that moment that made him wonder. And so today, if you are here in the realm of questioning, you feel the almighty presence of God. You see the evidence in the lives of others, but you stand here in pain. You sit here in frustration and you wonder, I know what I've said I believe, but am I sure that is still true yet today? Maybe it's passed me by. Maybe it's went to someone else. Uh, Maybe I was mistaken. In the fury of emotion, maybe it was just something that on a good day I felt like I could proclaim. But John said, are you really the one or should we seek another? I've come to tell you, you don't need another promise. You don't need another promise, the promise God gave you, whether it was last week, last month, last year, or a decade ago. The promises of God are yea, and they are amen. And the promises of God do not fail. His promises don't fail. They are not dictated by the economy of a country. They are not dictated by who sits in the seats of power of government. They are not dictated by the whims of this world, but the Promises of God are yea and amen. For the Bible says heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word shall fall. I wish to God that the church of the living God would wake up and realize we have a promise. We have a word, and we're clinging to it. I'm wrapping my arms around it. I'm holding on to it because nothing else will last but the word. Hallelujah. 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 Matthew chapter 9 and Mark as well tells us about a story of a woman. Bible tells us in Matthew 9 and 20, Behold, a woman who was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years came behind him, speaking of the Lord, and touched the hem of his garment. Everybody say it with me right now. The hem of his garment. Touched the hem of his garment of his garment, and she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort, thy faith hath made thee whole, and the woman was made whole from that very hour. I've come to tell somebody today that desperation deserves desperate measures desperation deserves desperate measures. Come on, we have sit back and we have acclimated ourselves to our situation. We have learned to live in pain. We have learned to live in sickness. We have learned to live in despondency and despair. We have learned to live with our conditions until we have become conditioned that that's as good as it's going to get. But I've come to tell you that this is not how it ends. This is not where it ends and this is not the way that it ends. Whether it's in an individual or this entire congregation. I'm speaking to you that your best days are not behind you, but your best days are before you. This is the beginning. This is not the end. Hallelujah. This is the beginning and this is not the end because God is far from done in your life, in your family, in your situation, in this congregation, in this community, and in this county. If we could see today the potential potential of what God has for us and what he has planned for us we would erupt in celebration but we would also be intimidated by the magnitude of it but I can promise you this one thing that I know that he's not near done yet and so it's time for us to come alive and shake ourselves awake to the reality that God is doing something amazing in this place yet today If we've ever been in a desperate hour, we need to understand sometimes we've got to shake ourselves, despondency, despair, depression, and otherwise, and come to the realization that our desperate situation deserves desperate measures. In other words, we're going to worship like we've never worshiped before. Yes, we are. We're going to worship like we've never worshipped before. We're going to pray like we've never prayed before. Not because we're pitiful. Not because we're desperate in the sins of God. I, I can't, but we know he can. And so it's out of the faith and the fortitude of his promises that we're going to step into a new dimension because we know the only answer for our situation is what God can do. And that's where we find this woman. Bible says for 12 years she had lived in agony. The Bible says she had suffered many things. Uh, It's one thing to have a debilitating illness or a problematic situation but but sometimes we find ourselves the Bible speaks of the storms of our life and it doesn't mean just one cloud burst that hangs over your head but if the area of which we're speaking it is talking about a series one after the other kind of like Job when he kept hearing messengers say not only have you lost your farm but you've lost your family you've lost and one after the other and it's you know if it was one thing we could handle it if it was two we could struggle with it but I'm talking about things that have come at us in such a succession that it feels like will it ever end? It's never going to end. This is just the way. I I tell you what I'm coming at in the spirit right now. Amen. Some of you need to understand that whatever it is that's been going on in your life, in your situation, amen, this is not how it's always going to be because the enemy is trying to convince somebody that this is just the way it is. Might as well get used to it. Learn to live with it. But that spirit is of the devil and not of God. And so I take dominion right now by the authority of the Holy Ghost against that spirit of discouragement because that which has been coming against us, yes it came, but it also shall go. It's a season and seasons are here, but seasons leave. This is not how it's always going to be. But the sun's going to shine again and the wind's going to blow the clouds away and need, need to understand I may be enduring for the moment and weeping may endure for the night, but joy's coming in the morning. We will, we will, We will rise again. We will rejoice again. We will shout again. And if we're going to do it again, we might as well do it now. Oh, you see, Paul and Silas knew the word that said, joy's coming in the morning. But Paul said, why don't we shout now at midnight? I come to tell you, the same God that can work in the morning can work at midnight if we learn to worship in the midst of our despair. You don't have to wait. You can have what God wants for you now multitude of things that have piled on. Talking to people in this house, it's piled on. Your marriage, your finances, your health, until you're inundated. I don't know how we're gonna survive under a pile of problems. For the Bible says none could help her. She had been seen of many physicians. She looked for answers here, and they couldn't help. She looked for answers there, and they couldn't help. She looked before her and behind her and beside her, and nothing could help. Let me tell you what's feeding your despondency. So often we're looking in the wrong places. We're looking to people. They can commiserate with us. but Can I tell you, they cannot heal you. I'm thankful that we have the ability to gather together. I'm thankful we have brothers and sisters beside you, and I love you, but I can't fix you. I can't heal you. I can't change you. But I can take your hand and we can go to the one who can. Amen. But so many times we look for answers in the wrong places. She had suffered many things of many physicians. And the Bible says she had spent all. Nothing bettered, Luke says, Mark says, but rather it had gotten worse. Somebody in this house today is at the bottom. Somebody is at this place, you have spent all. If you were to turn your pockets inside out to look for another dime and another quarter to invest in the betterment of your situation, you will find that you have ran out of resources. You have come to the bottom. You have reached that point of desperation. I, 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 I don't have anything else to give. I don't have anything else to try. I don't have anything else within me. But can I tell you right now that you don't also, you don't have anything else to lose. You may not have anything else to give, but you don't have anything else to lose. Why not try Jesus? Why not try faith? Why not try worship? Why not try prayer? Why not try the mercies and the goodness of God? For the Bible says, but when she had heard of Jesus, when she had heard Of Jesus, she heard a word. I wish somebody would realize what God's trying to put upon you right now. For the Bible says, when she had heard of Jesus, she came to where he was. Let me tell you, we talk about the power of the word. We have exalted the word in this place in the last few minutes. But let me explain to you for just a moment what the word does for us. The word moves us the word moves us when she had heard of jesus she could not stay where she was she could not stay the way she was but she had to go where jesus was if all you hear today is a sermon you can walk out of here the way you came in but if you will hear the word of god you cannot leave the same because the word will move you the the word's going to move you from despair to belief. It's going to move you from disbelief to faith. It's going to move you from idleness to activity. It's going to move you into a realm of worship. It's going to move you into a realm of praise. The word of God will move you. What some of you don't realize is already, you have began to move. You have began to shift. You have began to adjust. You have began began to respond, and it's more than just a good little feeling that'll last for a few minutes, but it is moving you into a place where God can work. She came to where Jesus was despite the press, Press presses the crowd that was around Jesus everywhere he went. Multitudes, numbering into the tens of thousands, followed him everywhere he was. And knowing this, yet still she came. In other words, knowing there would be opposition. There were people that would oppose her, but there would be people that were just in the way. May I remind you that there are things that are going to try to resist you, and and, and they will try to get in the way of what God is wanting to do in your life. And there are some things that's just going to be an obstacle. They're not actively working against you, but it's just in the way. You have got to be determined this morning to not only work against those things that are trying to hold you back, but the things that are just an obstacle in the way. You got to, the Bible says, despite the press, she pushed her way through. I personally believe she was a hemophiliac. I believe that because of the press, she would become incredibly bruised by pushing through the crowd. In other In other words, this was a do-or-die moment. If I don't get what I need, it may kill me. But I'm willing to give all to get where I need to go. And some of you, if you wait for your miracle to come by, you're going to die by the wayside. But if you will come to the conclusion, if you can't help me, please don't stop me. Get out of my way. Don't try to block me. I got a ways to run and I'm running by faith. Come on, somebody needs to come to their feet. Somebody needs to come up in your spirit that nothing is going to hinder me today. Through the press she came to where she touched the hem of his garment. Now, let me just tell you that this was not a random act. We've already heard in her account, she said, if I could but touch the hem of his garment. And we might wonder where in the world did this come from? Is this the figment of an overactive imagination? Was she hallucinating on some uh, substance that the doctors had given her? She had some strange vision or dream that would cause her to be so compelled to do a thing that was unusual and unheard of. No, she was responding to the word of God. Malachi was a prophet. He is in the canon of Scripture, the final one before the Christ. 400 years of silence followed the last time that God would speak to humanity, but we find that Malachi was mainly an anonymous prophet whose name is only mentioned once, and it's the beginning of his writing as he's telling who's writing the book. Malachi's saying, Malachi, uh, that's me. By the way, if you don't know, that's me. I'm the, I'm the one telling you what God is trying to tell you. He was a contemporary of Ezra and Nehemiah and other those who came out of the exile of, of, of the 70 years with Daniel and all of that, and and they are returning back to their homeland, and they are rebuilding, and it is the purpose of Malachi and his writing to remember, remind Israel of two things. He wanted to remind them, you are coming out of a people who have adopted you, who have changed your name, who have changed your dress, who have changed your culture, who have changed your diet. He was speaking perhaps to a generation that had never heard of the, the sounds of worship in the temple. And he was reminding them, there's a way to worship God. There's a way that we live for God. There are the laws and the ways of God that we must remember. And he was reminding them of their ways. But he was also letting them know one other man, message and that was that it wouldn't always be this way but there was one coming called the Messiah and they would not always be the returning exiles coming back to an impoverished nation of which everything that had ever glittered with gold was now buried beneath the rubble of destruction. You see that which is needing to be rebuilt but I want to tell you he said that there's one coming he's going to rise up out of obscurity he's going to come out of a place where some would say nothing good can come, but when he comes up out, of obscurity, the Bible tells us that Malachi said, "There's going to be healing in his wings. There's going to be healing in his wings. are going to be healing in his wings. They're going, going to be healing in his wings." Now, may I remind you that the scriptures which we read were translated in the Old English out of ancient languages, and we don't speak like we did 400 and some years ago when the Bibles was written as it is. You see, those authors who put down in this translation that there would be healing in his wings but they understood at the time that the wings of which they spake of was not that which were the appendages of birds that would allow them to soar in the sky but rather the wing of which they spake it is the edge or it is the border it is the hem of a skirt and so Malachi said there's one coming that's going to have healing in his wings this same one walked through Israel and Judea for years and years and he passed by the sick, he passed by the lame and he passed by the desperate and nobody put two and two together except one woman who had spent everything she had and she said I don't know it doesn't make sense but maybe there's something to it if I can just get a hold of the My God in heaven, that's what somebody has got to do in this house today. Come to the conclusion, I may not even see his face. I may not even hear his voice. But if I can get a hold of the edge, if I can just get the edge of what oh Jesus help me, I wish to God somebody would come to the conclusion, if I can but touch him, I will be made whole. But if she is living a promise off of the words of Malachi, who is Malachi's reference? <laughs> because Malachi grew up hearing the words of the prophets like Isaiah. And Isaiah said, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Isaiah was a prophet. He was also a prince. He was part of the royal family. And the king that died was not just a monarch of which he served, but he was also a beloved family member, a friend, and one into whose courts Isaiah was always welcome. He was a confidant. They leaned upon each other. They depended upon each other. And now Isaiah is saying, my friend has died. Family has died. The source of our kingdom has died. And what did Malachi do? He did what you have done. And he said, it's time to go to the house of the Lord. You say, I don't think I have faith to be healed. I don't have faith to be delivered I don't have faith that my problem can be solved. And I tell you, that's a lie or you wouldn't be here. The very fact you're here is an act of faith. The fact you're here and not in a tavern this morning is an act of faith. The fact you're here and not in the arms of a little lover is an act of faith. The fact that you're here and not running away from your problem is an act of faith. The fact you're here and not home in bed is an act of faith. So the voice that's telling you you don't believe, you don't have faith, he is a liar trying to tell you that you can't receive what God has for you. For we know with without faith it's impossible to please God but I've come to tell you God is well pleased in you because you got up with that aching body you dressed that hurting body you brought that broken family to the house of God despite what you said last night, despite how you felt this morning, despite what happened last week, you came back you came back, you came back and that is enough faith for God to open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that you can't contain. So if you got enough faith to show up, you got enough faith to be healed. If you got enough faith to come in those doors, you got enough faith to be reconciled. You have what you need or you wouldn't even be in the room. I'm telling you, it's about to get good in this house. he said in the year King Uzziah died I saw the Lord my king is dead but the king of kings isn't I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high high and lifted up because when the king rises something else happens his train fills The temple. That's why Malachi said, when the sun rises, there's healing in the hymn. Because when he was high and lifted up, his train filled the temple. Let me tell you what the train is. It is the hymn or the skirt of royalty. It's the hymn. it's the border of the robes of royalty. Let me tell you where those hymns come from. Every time a monarch or a king would overcome another, they would take the garment of the defeated king and they would sew it to the border of the conquering king. That's why David felt so guilty. When he held up the hem of Saul, he did not nick the body with his blade, but he defeated the king with his arrogance. King, let me show you what I can do. Let me show you. We can defeat the authority in our lives without ever touching their body, without ever touching them, just by simply stealing their authority. And David was waving Saul's authority on the other side, saying, look what I could have done to you. And he was ashamed, and he repented, and he was morose, and he was sorrowful because he knew what he had done. He had taken the king's authority. It was the hem of the garment. He had taken the hem. You don't have to take the head off. All you got to do is take the hem. Oh, Jesus Help me God. And so it was that that in this garment that the Lord wore that filled the temple, it was the victories of everything and everyone that the Lord had ever defeated that filled the house. When the train filled the temple, Of the Lord. It wasn't his crown that filled the temple. It wasn't his scepter that filled the temple. It was his train that filled the temple. Let me tell you what we've been feeling around here today. It was the train of the Lord. It was the victories of God. In the sense of natural kings, that was always past tense. Because you had to defeat The enemy to take their hymn and attach it to yours. And so it was understood, every king that his robe flowed with a multicolored train or tail of defeated foes, that's how it was. This was this battle we won, that was that battle we won, and they could take you back over a history of the victories that they had won. But we're not talking about an earthly king, we're not talking about a human monarch, but we are talking about the one that the Bible says he is the same yesterday, Today... And forever, he exists outside of time. And so his victories that have been won are not just past tense, but they are present tense, and they are future tense. Let me tell you, when Isaiah say, I saw the victory of God fill the house, it wasn't just what God had done. It wasn't just what God was doing, but it was what was to be done Ah, I'll tell you what Isaiah saw that shook the building and caused the angels to sing holy, holy, holy. It was not what God had already done, but he saw my sin defeated. He saw your sin defeated. He saw your disease delivered. He saw your family set free in that place where the King of Glory was lifted up and that's why Malachi could say, "If he did it then, he'll do it now." And anybody that can get just to the hymn of His glory, it's gonna be all right. It's gonna be all right. It's gonna be all right. And today, I proclaim that the glory of God is in this house. In His glory, His glory, His glory. His glory is filled, it's filled, it's filled the temple and the house was filled with smoke. Stand with me all over this place. Saw the Lord sitting on a throne high, lifted up. His train filled the temple, and the post, and the post, and the post began to move at the word, <laughs> at the voice that began to speak. You know what the post and the pillars are? It's the foundational pieces that have been there so long that all they think they're to do is just to hold things up. I got news for you. God doesn't need you to hold his church up and stand there rigid as a post. God needs you to move in the spirit. And at the word, they didn't sing beautiful songs. It wasn't the chorus of the angels that moved the pillars. It was the word that moved the pillars thank God for the worship and the praise we've had and the response thereof but what I need right now are some pillars, some unmovable unshakable, undisturbable I just come to hold my tides hold this place up my presence holds this place up my name on the roster holds this place up, I got news for you it's time for you to move in the spirit, I wish some elders, I wish some pillars of the church would teach some of these new people and these young people how to worship how to respond how to respond how to respond i've been here long enough to see a lot of new faces i've also been here long enough to see some old faces i wish some of the elders would respond to the word move in the spirit because healing 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 is going to happen in this place come on we're going to respond that's what we're doing right now we're going to respond Begin to move out of the aisles. Move out of your pews. Come on, you sit there long enough today. Get out in the aisle. Come up to the front and begin to move in the Spirit to the Word, to the Word, to the Word. Come on, come on, come on. Respond to the Word. Respond to the Word. Respond to the Word. Word. Holy Ghost. Move in the spirit. Respond. I can't stay where I was.